So we finished our series, How to Destroy the World in 10 Simple Steps, and we just wanted to take today to do a bit of a recap and kind of um, go through some things that we've seen in our world that uh, really apply to all of this, stuff that's been happening just in the past couple weeks, couple days even, um, and just kind of um, hone in on some different situations to kind of give you a further um, idea of why we're even taking the time to talk about this stuff, yeah. why it all matters. Um, so, Brandon, for, for some of the people who are maybe still skeptical, um, how would you respond to them? Uh, yeah. The people who just don't really understand why we are concerned about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's important to, to know the times, right? To be aware mm-hmm. of the culture you're living in and the specific dangers that you that you face as a society. Yeah. And so if you're that person who's like, you know, this is not that big of a deal. Who cares? That's this, you know, happening in this corner over here. It doesn't affect me. I think a couple of verses come to mind. Matthew 16, 3 is one where Jesus says, in the morning, you, you, you will say, right, it'll be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Mm-hmm. So I'm concerned that just as the Pharisees, they, they knew how to predict weather, but they couldn't tell what time they were in and what was coming. Yeah. For a lot of us, we might be in the same position. So we need to be aware of that mm-hmm. and to be really um, yeah, conscious of the cultural tides and the challenges in front of us. And then the second is Proverbs 22, 3, mm-hmm. which says the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. So if there's mm-hmm. danger coming and you're not aware of it, you're not seeing that, you're just a simple person, you're going to have more suffering. And I don't, I don't want that for you. I want you to be prepared when those times come. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really good. Um, different, different um, cultures, different ages. They're gonna pose their own challenges and everything, and we need to be aware of the challenges in ours. Yeah. You know, as Christians. Um, so, h- how do you see all of these ideas at work in the last couple weeks, even? Yes. You know? Yeah. There's been so many that I'm constantly like, okay, filing that Pick mentally away yeah. for <laughs> you know, critical race theory or yeah. postmodernism or whatever. So we'll just touch on a few of these, and probably after we film this, a bunch more will happen. Mm-hmm. That'll be yeah. like, we should talk about that. <laughs> so um, fat studies is one of those ones that I've seen stories mm-hmm. come up about, specifically the Barbie movie mm-hmm. and body positivity. There's kind of both sides I've seen on this. Some people saying, well, it's great that the Barbie's more, Barbie is more inclusive of different body types. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, because Barbie, obviously, you know, the, the doll or the toy or whatever is very much mm-hmm. this like super thin, like, you think you'd have to be like seven and a half feet tall to have that figure. Yeah. You know, it's like impossible <laughs> um, for women to have that figure. But there's they've been trying to include more diverse in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, body types, which, again, I kind of have mixed feelings about. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't encourage unhealthiness, but it's also right. good to have more realistic beauty standards. Totally. Um, yeah. But then a lot of people are upset that there's there's not more of that. There's not mm-hmm. more you know, plus size uh, characters or whatever. And of course, the main character is, uh, I forget her name, but she's like super thin. Yeah, Yeah. like obviously looks kind of more like a Barbie. Mm -hmm. So that's been something I've seen a lot. I've also seen, I'm sure you've noticed this, but in the Barbie movie, there's a trans Barbie. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. someone someone wrote a letter to like, I think it was like a public letter or to the the producer about why he, as a trans woman, quote unquote, should be in the movie and then they yeah. like put 
this man in the movie as a woman yeah. figure as a yeah. doll. I don't, I don't even know. I would say, yeah, that's, so that's kind of beginning a lot more. I feel like, you know, as far as media, I remember a time where it was like, oh, I'm seeing a lot more, um, you know, gay relationships in movies and uh, television now. And now we're in the era of like, okay, now we're pushing the trans yeah. thing in our movies. And I'm like, Oh goodness. Yeah. It's just like, you kind of see how it never ends. Right. There's always another. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because you know, how many movies will there be, Uh you know, in 10 years from now that won't have some figure in it that's essentially teaching your kids a very, very warped view of reality, of sexuality. So confusing to human. I mean, yeah, yeah, like very, very confusing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that movie is, like PG thirteen or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, is it a kids movie? Is it not? I don't really know. I'm not yeah. going to see it. Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I have no desire. But it, uh, if it even confuses me, I'm sure it would confuse my thirteen year old. <laughs> exactly. And then we've seen a lot of gender theory stuff. Yeah. Over the last few weeks, um, we saw this. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but Johns Hopkins, very respected institution, right? <laughs> very legitimate. Yeah. They changed their definition in, in, I guess, their dictionary or whatever of lesbian Mm -hmm. um, to be more inclusive. And so the new definition, which they had for a while and they took away because there was so much backlash, Mm -hmm. it it included the phrase, right? Essentially, a lesbian is a non-man attracted to (laughs) non-men. Isn't that that crazy? It's phenomenal. Yeah. And there's so many questions I have, right? Obviously... How does it how does it feel like if you're a woman listening to this? How does it feel to be referred to as a non man? Yeah. Non men's sa- rights. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're not even human. Yeah, no, it's just, like yeah. it sounds like you're an animal it's ridiculous. or something. And then, you know, why is it okay to say man or men, but not uh-huh. okay to say woman or women? Yeah. I, I I don't understand. It's very uh, obviously odd. we understand because we've been looking into this in terms of gender right. theory. And how you have to bow to this ridiculous religion, mm-hmm. but the, the logical yeah. inconsistencies you have to hold—it's unbelievable, you know? yeah, unbelievable. And then there's also been a lot in terms of, I think this is a consequence of gender theory, obviously sexual mm-hmm. revolution as well, postmodernism. But mm-hmm. did you see that California has been pushing this bill, yeah, to, yeah, um, yeah to basically make taxpayers pay for surrogacy mm-hmm. for gay couples? Yeah. So two men can't have a baby. Don't know if you knew that. Uh, I guess it depends on how you define man. <laughs> some yeah. people think a woman is a man. So Right. But so essentially what the California, these California legislators are, are doing is they're pretending or acting like mm-hmm. that's a medical problem. Right. Yeah. So if you're a man and you can't, you know, you can't conceive and have a baby grow yeah. in you, N- you're actually, you actually could be totally healthy. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... And again, it's like hard not to to laugh at how insane this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But so they're treating it as if it's a medical problem, and so mm-hmm. I think it's going to be insurance that's going to have to cover it or something. I don't know right. how they're squaring that circle again. But and this, you know, for those of you who don't know, right? We live in California, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh my goodness, like this is this is what our money goes towards. Yeah, yeah. And we don't just live in yeah. California. We live in the most California of the California It's, places. yeah, quite California. So, yeah. yes, and, we, and that's part of why we're here, right, is you want to... Yep. But that, that that's crazy. So you're treating your gender as some sort of health issue mm-hmm. because you're denying the obvious facts. So there's postmodernism wrapped up in, um, in you know, gender studies kind of thinking. Yeah. And, I mean, it's all just so convoluted. Mm-hmm. And will this pass? I don't, I don't know. We'll see. 
mm-hmm. if, that, if that ends up becoming law. Yeah. But it's pretty crazy. And then, yeah. I, I think even the fact that we live in a world where like that could, I'm like, wow, yeah. that is, that's just a sign of the times that they are pretty. And just, I mean, surrogacy itself is such an interesting thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Like you see these pictures now of, of men, two men that are, you know, gay couple giving their kind of pregnancy announcement. Mm-hmm. And you've seen some of these, I'm sure some of you have seen these where it's like two men in the foreground and then in the background is a pregnant woman mm-hmm. that they've hired to essentially use her body. Yeah. Right. Often it's an egg from someone else. Mm-hmm. And then one of the men's sperm is combined with the egg and implant, implanted into this woman. Yeah. So there's like three different parents involved. That they probably just picked out of a catalog. Yeah. Too, and only one of them know? is actually this so-called married couple. Right. Yeah. These, these two men. So it's just crazy. All the things involved, all the ethical issues. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one story. I don't know if you saw this one. But there's so there's this gay couple who has hired a surrogate, mm-hmm. and this woman ends up she has cancer now. So this is just like last week, um, she has cancer, and so in order to get chemo, she has to give birth to the baby prematurely. Mm-hmm. So if she doesn't aggressively attack this cancer, that could be health problems for her. Mm-hmm. If she does get chemo with the baby, that's going to kill the baby. So she wants to give birth early at like 25 weeks or something, uh, and. The, the gay couple who are using her as a surrogate want her to kill the baby. Right. They don't right. want they don't want a baby with a bunch of health problems. Yeah. So that's that's not that's a life unworthy of life. So they want to to kill the baby. And I think there's a just a whole question of well who has authority. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Again, it's crazy for those who are on the left who say yeah. a woman should have the right to choose. In this mm-hmm. case, she wants to save this life and maybe even just give it up for adoption. Mm-hmm. But this man who's with another man doesn't want his her DNA yeah. to be out there and the, yeah. just well, absolutely crazy. And I think what's so sad to me is that, you know, you and me as parents, right? Like we would, we would do anything for our kid. Yeah. Right. And I think that's just like, what's so lost in all this, right. That like you have people picking like a baby based on just like how they're going to look and stuff. And yeah. like, it's, it's all incredibly selfish. You know, I've seen, you know, in some of these like announcements that people make that it's like they're picking their kids and like how they're going to look like they'd pick a designer handbag or something, you know, as if it's just something to make them look better or something to, yeah. It's like a really expensive puppy or something. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I just think, man, in all of this, like no one's thinking about this child because like of even how that affects a child immediately being taken from the mother's arms and like given over these two guys. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And and how how would that kid's life have looked if something like health complications at the beginning of life Mm -hmm. could cause the parents to say, kill that child. I mean, I don't know if you know, right. You've been in the trenches now for a little bit with Mm -hmm. being a parent, but being a parent is super hard. Yeah. There's a lot of time where it's not, it doesn't feel immediately rewarding. Mm -hmm. It's not just like you have this cute little animal that Mm -hmm. will follow you around and do whatever you say. Yeah. It's completely different. And so just even that mindset going into parenting or some, something that resembles parenting is just crazy and disastrous. Totally. So, but gender theory in full swing, right? Mm -hmm. That these are the, these are the realities lived out. And we're going to be dealing with this more and more now, even, I mean, doctors can't discourage people in many cases from transitioning to a different sex or right. So like these are the kind of laws that are passing. Yeah. Their license and everything. And that's when we get even into more of what we were talking about last time with the soft totalitarianism. It's just, yeah. 
Um, well, so with all this, I'm feeling upset right now. Why aren't you more upset? <laughs> what? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We missed one of the best topics. Oh, end, that's true. Which I think that's is true. one of the biggest stories around, which is uh, we see critical race theory. Yes. In, in being lived out in, in our very eyes with the Supreme Court decision. Yeah, right? this Meaning is big. really the, dis- right. the dissent on this decision. But so mm-hmm. if you didn't, if you didn't hear a little while back, the Supreme Court, well, they had a bunch of significant rulings, but one mm-hmm. of them was on uh, kind of the most famous was on affirmative action. Yeah. And so they essentially shot down affirmative action in university admissions. Mm-hmm. So in other words, what that means is your race can't be a factor, either a positive or a negative, in whether you get into a university. So you How controversial. Yeah, yeah, how <laughs> shocking. So in other, in other words, when you apply to university, it should be things like your intelligence, your work ethic, yeah. your, even your family history, Things like that, that play into whether you're a fit candidate for this school, not the color of your skin. Yeah. Um, mm. And this is controversial. Yes, mm-hmm. this is controversial. Like, Sadly. I mean, yes, there are yeah. many, many people who are f- fuming about this, right? Mm-hmm. Very furious mm-hmm. that they would say this. And the reason they say is because, well, certain minorities will just never be able to succeed if they're forced to be judged on the basis of their skill, their, mm-hmm. you know, uh, SAT scores, their whatever, mm-hmm. you know, tangible accomplishments that can be measured in some sort of objective way, they'll never succeed. Now, that almost sounds, dare I say, racist. And you you would think so. Yeah. <laughs> you would think so. But what I've learned is if you yeah. think that people are capable of achieving mm-hmm. and that we shouldn't judge them on the basis of their skin color, that actually yeah. you are the racist. This is good to it's, know. It's, I know it's really, it's really hard, but if you understand critical race theory, yeah. as we talked about, right, you'll understand that trying to not be racist actually ends up being racist. So, right. Yeah. But, but that, that's, wow. and, and, and obviously being sarcastic, but <laughs> you had effectively in these, these decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So the, there was the concurring opinion written by Clarence Thomas, who mm-hmm. happens to be black himself. Mm-hmm. So he's concurring with this decision to not allow race to be a factor in admissions. And you have Katanji Brown Jackson, mm-hmm. who is you know, the newest, I believe, right? Newest member mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. to the court. And she was, she was brought on the court explicitly because she was black, right? So yeah. Joe Biden in his, in his candidacy said, I'm going to appoint a black woman to the so he didn't. He didn't say yeah. Katanji Brown Jackson is the most qualified person, so she yeah. would be my pick. He said, "I'll f- I'll find someone who has a certain skin color and is a certain gender to fill that role." How insulting to whoever you're filling that role with. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yes. Just it like, is. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. So if you're the person being appointed, so this is I think why Clarence Thomas especially doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, affirmative action. One is because he understands how divisive and illegal and all those things it is. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is because he, as a black man who is incredibly brilliant, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. very, very talented. Yeah. Um, he, he, I think his whole life has been judged on the basis of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you must have gotten into law school because of your skin color. You must have gotten this advantage because of your skin color. And to put people in that position is, is horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, it, it, we've seen the effects of affirmative action in terms of people... Uh, will get put into a school that's a little bit too difficult for them, mm-hmm. right? Like not everyone is ready for every school. So if yeah. you're going to the top, top school and you're not mm-hmm. the top, top student, there's a higher chance that you fail out of it. And so yeah. very, very intelligent people, these, you know, black or Latino or whatever, mm-hmm. that need to get be given a, a leg up uh, in the eyes of these people, 
they've actually been failing at a higher rate mm-hmm. to succeed yeah. because they haven't been able to make it at those elite institutions. Yeah. So it's really sad. And it, and it, again, it really is this uh, soft bigotry of low expectations. It's kind Absolutely. of paternalistic, like, oh, you just, you know, you just can never succeed. I can. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> I am a fully functioning person, but you, because you're a minority, yeah. could never succeed. It's crazy. Yeah. And so we've seen this, this anger on full display. So, as you're watching these stories, know that these are the philosophies that are playing into that. And if you missed yeah. any of those topics, you can go back and, and watch them, obviously. Totally. Well, and okay, now that you've upset me even more, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why why aren't you more upset about this, right? Yeah, yeah. So with all this, this is this is huge stuff to be seeing in the world. What's what's your approach to all of it? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that yeah, that there's work to be done, that God's placed us here for a reason, yeah. right? That even though we are in one of the craziest places in the country, pretty in a pretty objective way, I could mm-hmm. say that. Um, yeah. that God has a plan and God is still moving. Mm-hmm. And God, I don't know if he's going to change the entire culture, but I do know that I've seen people come to faith. Mm-hmm. I do know there's lots of individual stories that, that are incredible of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, we know the end of the story. Yeah. We, we, know, not, we know the author of the story, right? Mm-hmm. We know his character. We know how it all ends. So we know the final chapter. So how do we get from our current chapter to the final chapter? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. And there's a lot of mystery mm-hmm. in that. But I know that God has his people. He's going to keep saving people. Mm-hmm. And he has a plan in the midst of this. So yeah. we're, we're like, you know, Jeremiah mm-hmm. buying land right before a siege, mm-hmm. um, which is this picture of future hope. Okay, I'm going to do the worst possible financial investment yeah. and buy land before this nation gets taken yeah. over. But we do, we do what we do because we absolutely believe that God is the one who's got to figure all those details out, not us. Yeah. Yeah. And even being in this crazy place, right? We, we've seen that God is at work in the hearts yeah. of the people here, right? So, I mean, we've heard of people, because of all the craziness that's going on in the world, they've said, that's too yeah. crazy. There must be something else, right? And, the, yeah. and God's used that craziness to bring them to himself, right? And yeah. I, I think that's... That's amazing. You're not going to stop the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Like if the world's getting this crazy, then maybe there's something to Christianity. Yeah. Right? That's, that's yeah. the last stop. <laughs> I'm like, welcome in. You're like, yes. You belong here. Absolutely. And let, let me tell you the story of how God has rescued you. You know, it's, it's amazing to have these conversations. Yeah. And, I, tears. and for those people, right, like uh, I, I've seen it. They, they look at the word, they study the word and there's power in it, you know, mm-hmm. so it, God's still working. We've yeah, seen it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's keep faithful and focus on what he's put in front of us mm-hmm. and not become pessimists about um, that this world is totally lost because we're not in control. And I, I just figured, you know, a, a passage to end with as an encouragement for all these topics, Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 11. This is what Paul writes. He says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from your sleep. Mm-hmm. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Salvation is nearer to us now. So let's stay focused. Let's honor God in in every way that we can. And let's keep praying and longing for his kingdom to come in our world.